0: Hello everyone, my name is Ray Gomez. I'm a business sales coach, best-selling author, real estate investor, and a Cutco Cutlery Sales Consultant where I bring businesses together through business gift ideas. Welcome to another episode of Sell Yourself to Drive Sales where we help you sharpen your mindset build better communication skills and relationship skills so that sales comes naturally. To learn more about my background, you could go to my webpage at gomesbcoaching.com and you can also follow me on all my social media platform, YouTube channel as well. But today we have one of the very best mentor that I started in my sales journey, Uh, His name is Eric Cox. He is an author, speaker, a certified life strategist, and also one of my first manager with Cutco Cutlery. So today, you're going to hear a little bit about how I grew up in the sales business. But uh, Eric, welcome to the show today.
1: Hey, happy to be on this platform with you today, So I appreciate you for having me on. Uh, I'm ear to ear right now just with um, the invitation. I was excited when I saw that come across my email and I've been looking forward to this moment.
0: Absolutely. Well, to, for those who, do, who don't know, I started Cutco in 2008. And I believe, uh, Eric, you ran your first office in the summer of 2009. I think that's where I started as a representative. That is right? correct. Right. yep, and, yep that's right. Uh, and uh, Eric can tell you I wasn't the best sales representative uh <laughs> i uh i had a hard time closing sales so um but i want to start off before we dive to uh, a lot my journeys so i want to the audience to know a little bit more about what you do now uh, you've done a lot for the community as well sure. do you mind sharing a little bit about what you do
1: now uh yeah so in my uh full-time i'm full-time employee and full-time entrepreneur so uh, in terms of my employment, I am the uh, director of training operations for a company that specializes in treating alcohol and substance abuse addiction, so working with patients every day. Uh, really, my role is overseeing the, the training or the learning and development aspect of that. So we have a staff of about 2,000, and we are uh, rocking and rolling right now in this season amidst COVID-19, so there, we have trainings going out every day, so I'm, I'm half brain dead from uh, (laughs) just the the day-to-day grind, so to speak. But um, that's my day-to-day. Aside from that, I am an author. I am a speaker. Uh, also do coaching. And um, also I'm an an investor. I do trading through a foreign exchange market uh, and some other investing opportunities. I always believe in having multiple revenue streams at all times based on uh, my past and, and early raising. So... That's a little bit of what I do, and then I'm also on the board, so I serve on the uh, Board of Directors here in Nashville for a local 501c3 called The Little Pantry That Could, and we meet the immediate needs of the most vulnerable, or one of the most vulnerable populations here, working with those who are working poor uh, and homeless, which is, uh, yep. it, whew, it's, I, it's I, rough. I, I remember that.
0: Yeah, I remember uh, helping you out uh, over one Thanksgiving, serving the homeless. I can't remember what year it was, but we were in the kitchen. I mean, that was, that was really like, I can't even describe it, but it was really nice to be able to help them. And, you know, before I met you and, you know, I was homeless yeah. for a while as well. And uh, and I, I, people don't believe this, but Eric, was I sleeping on the office couch?
1: You were there. Absolutely. It's a part of the story. Yeah, part of your story for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was... So yes, but the um so so those things and then a youth enrichment program uh that I started some years ago uh called yeah. Community Soup. So yeah, that yeah. that's kind of what I've been up to.
0: Yeah. Tell tell us a little bit about your book. You just wrote a book, right? It talks about uh your journey with the marathon. Oh my gosh, I couldn't it was film reading the first few pages where you were like, "There you go, everyone. That's the book. It's on Amazon. Yeah. It's on Audible right now, too. Right? It's on Audible. It's right correct. Now.
1: Yeah, just released, just launched as an Audible, which was a very fun project. Yeah. But uh, but yes. So sign up is the name of the book, and it stems from my twenty fourteen year. So myself and two running partners, we raced and raced and completed uh, ten. Marathons. So it's a mix of half marathons, which are 13.1 miles and full marathons or marathons, which are 26.2 miles. So we did 10 of those 2014 uh, throughout that year and really just throughout my running journey, uh, which started for the most part right after or right when I got to uh, Clarksville, Tennessee, which is where the, the branch yeah. uh, operated. But yeah, I picked up uh, running then because I needed it as a stress reliever, and it was it a was great therapeutic exercise for early mornings and then late afternoons or late evenings after I left the office. Uh, when we, I left we, the office. we definitely needed those so, run. <laughs> we definitely needed yes. those run. <laughs> yes. Yes, God. So uh, the book stems from that, though. So um, sign up is about signing up for in, – in the book, we, I talk about the two elements. So there's the race where I literally talk about running. And being in, in competitions, and then there is the life aspect of it, which is the more critical part for the readers. Mm-hmm. It is being able to apply my running lessons to your life in very uh, relevant ways. And then there are activities at the end, if you see that's why the subtitle's there.. Yep. So 10 interactive lessons to take your goals from the starting line to across the finish, finish line. line, but it teaches yep. you it teaches each reader how to map out goals and not just teach you how to map goals out, but how to execute uh, goals. And a lot of that is I'm guessing what we're going to get into today around like mindset. Ab-
0: absolutely. Part. Speaking of that mindset and we're talking about running and I read a little bit about your book where you were like preparing towards this race and you had, mm-hmm. you know, days where you're just like, Oh my gosh, I think one was the race you were at mile was it was mile 13 or something like that you had a pain you suffered a pain and and you just had to push through and then it was finally they were like hey you can't you just cannot move on right can you tell us a little (laughs) bit more about that 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 mind like what was going through your mind in that moment
1: uh in that moment so that actually so in the book it's, it's chapter one i won't give away the the spoiler for chapter 10 but um yeah, in that moment, it kicks off chapter one, and it is a very defeated moment for me. Uh, <laughs> one of the few that I had in, in running, but was the catalyst, really, for the book. And it really was what prompted me to say, you know, it's one thing to succeed and c- continuously succeed and do well and win and win and win. But really, the, the great victories come from when you don't do well and your ability to rebound. It is when you uh, lose the sale. It is when you don't, aren't able to finish you know, a race. It is when you are uh, proverbially injured, right? So whether that be physically, literally injured or mentally injured, it is from those moments where you grow the most, is where you stretch the most, and is where you are able to increase your capacity for more. Mm-hmm. Um, it is that resiliency, it is the ability to bounce back from yeah. obstacles, yeah, that are, the, that are really the big wins.
0: Yeah, I can relate to something similar, uh, before my journey with Cutco, I rode my bicycle from Mount Eagle to, uh, was it, no, from Murfreesboro to Mount Eagle, it was a 150 bike ride, but it was split in two mm-hmm. days, and I remember I was so broke, and I went to Goodwill, and just Bought a cheap bike. It was a road bike. I didn't know anything about shifting gears, and I remember after mile 40, I completely crashed. Uh, no practice, yeah. but my mindset was that I gotta finish this race. So I literally had to push my bike like up to the finish line. But it was that mindset, and yeah. and, and you touch on it's like true, like the failures that actually, if we grab that failure, is actually lead us to our greatest achievement right a lot of people absolutely. have that mindset like oh my gosh i feel i can't do this anymore but if you grasp that and actually just move up i mean when you finish that line and you give everything you all i mean that's the greatest feeling for me like i don't know about you how do you feel when when you give everything you all how do you feel
1: yeah no absolutely and it's it's a consistency mindset it's it's the mindset of you know even when i fail it's understanding that failure is a part of success Failure is as much a part of success as the wins, right? As the, the trophy moments, if you will. So it is understanding and reframing how you see failure. So when you look at failure negatively and you look at it as a standpoint, from a standpoint of, you know, I failed, I messed up, I did something wrong or did something negative. No, no, no. It's a part of the success journey. It is taking that failure, taking that lesson, and mm-hmm. then applying the knowledge from that on the next go-round, on the next race. And that's how you incrementally improve. So people don't just wake up into success. You incrementally improve. And that is through a series of failures. It's a, it's a lot of failures. Uh, Music-wise, yesterday, I don't know if you care for, most of the world probably knows Beyonce, has, has heard her name before. But she spoke yesterday. And uh, while I'm a fan of Beyonce, I'm not, I'm not the, the fan, fan, fan of Beyonce. Yeah. But she didn't say something yesterday I thought was very important. She said, you know, she won. 26 i think grammys or 26 awards but she also said i lost 46 times Mm -hmm. she said everybody everyone looks at the 26 wins but it took 46 more losses so it's it's less about the big wins it is the consistency it is the mindset of i'm gonna keep pushing whether i win or lose it's continuing to push so yes
0: absolutely i mean michael jordan did the same thing he he missed more shots than he made and he's you know the greatest player in basketball and and i think a lot of people you know they only focus on the win they don't really look at all the failures that it took to get them there and that's where the missing part is everyone wants to be a millionaire but no one's really want to Mm. work towards it you know and so in everything we do in life you're a coach i'm a coach How important it is for someone to have a coach or a mentor in the areas that they want to succeed?
1: It is mission critical. So what you get with the mentor, with the coach, um, and I talk about this a lot in the book too, but what, what you gain is you're able to shorten your learning curve substantially. And you're able to have someone who's already kind of written out or drawn out their map guide you on creating your own map Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of times without mentors you do what's known as trial and error and Mm -hmm. if you're not an individual who can stomach lots of trial and error then you wind up tapping out a little too soon so the the mentoring the coaching process is one where it's not the coach giving all the answers or the mentor giving all the answers or supplying everything but it really is a mindset thing the coach The mentor knows how to get into your mind
0: and knows Mm -hmm. how to help
1: you reframe your mind. And it really is that which determines your altitude in life. When you have a sharp coach and a sharp mentor, they are able to sharpen you, right? It is Mm -hmm. iron sharpens iron. Yep. And they are able to sharpen you and, and help you learn a lot faster and get over some hurdles a lot quicker than you would on your own.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, ironically, I tried to do things by myself and didn't work. And obviously I got you to mentor me in my Cutco and selling f- my first 10,000 in the summer. So I'll never forget. That was a, definitely yeah. a memorable summer. And now I have, you know, three different coaches above me as well. And, and you're right. It yeah. shortens the learning curve and also brings more valuable. And it gets yeah. you out of trouble too.
1: <laughs> yeah. It gets you out of it trouble. <laughs> It's a win-win too. So like for the mentor, so for the mentee, of course, you, you gain that value and having someone who's kind of gone through yeah. what you're going through or someone you can bounce ideas off with. But for the mentor and for the coach, it's great to be a coach or be a mentor because you know you have to keep growing. Yeah. You know, you have to grow and stretch yourself for your clients and for your mentees uh, because if you're not growing and developing, well, your mentees will outgrow you or outstretch you and really the name of the game is the more you're teaching the more you're learning I learn when I teach others when I'm when I'm teaching and reinforcing things that I've written about in my book or I'm teaching and reinforcing things I've stated from a speech or I'm teaching and re uh, teaching things that I've stated from a classroom it is me teaching myself as well and it's me applying the exact same things that I'm teaching so for the mentor for the coach if you've ever thought about mentoring or coaching there is a double whammy with it in a good way It is, you are giving, right? You are leaving a legacy because you're able to pour into somebody else who's going to take those lessons and carry, that's going to help them carry forward or push forward in their life. And then for you, you're constantly learning and growing too and being poured into as you pour out.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and for me, being as a coach, it forces me to go do research. It forces me to go learn Absolutely. You know what, what, what the world is doing, right? It's not just me telling yeah. you what to do. So you're right. It goes both ways. We are all growing at the same mm-hmm. time, right? So yeah, I want to lead yes. that into communication because I think it's very important that we have good communications. So that's the active listening. That's the passive listening, right? Now, I got a chance yeah. to work in corporate world uh, after living in Cutco for a while. And it was truly like night and day, because Eric, you remember this, we would have, you know, a weekly meeting where it's like Mm one-on-one personal development. We go over our goals, what our numbers, right? Key stuff. But when I went to a corporate role, it's like we had that, but we didn't. What I mean by that is that we were set up with time to meet, but my manager was on the phone. Yep. And it's like, if you're doing good, you're doing good. And if you're doing bad, you're like on the radar to getting fired, right? So, absolutely, yeah. So, as a leadership, like how important it is to communicate? Expect, like, you're in a leadership role, you do training and stuff. Like, what are some skills that you practice communication wise that, that have your people like, I wanna work here, you know?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. So, in terms of communication, it is critical to understand that everyone's a human and it's it's meeting everyone where they are it's a it's it's taken off your labels and all your titles i have a lot of degrees behind my name um i'm very well educated but i don't flout that or flaunt that in the office i am a person right people are people and so when you learn to serve other people you you build rapport a lot quicker when people can pick up that you care more about them than you do your own, like patting your pocket or completing an an initiative just for you, Mm -hmm. people buy into you. So it really is as a leader, I would say, and you can go to workshops and spend tens of thousands of dollars, you know, going to certain workshops and learning the best sales techniques. And, and I've been there and I've done several of those, uh, at the end of the day though, and the older I get, it's understanding that we're human. And so, really it's about connection, it's about soft skills, it's about interpersonal skills, it's about emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. It is being more versed in, and more aware of who you are. So when we talk about emotional intelligence, which is definitely around communication, we're looking at fully understanding yourself, so being yeah. fully aware of who you are, what motivates you, what triggers you, uh, what rubs you the wrong way, what makes you happy, those sort of things. What depresses you, what, those sort of things are important then there's also self-control or self-management it's being able to fully diagnose and be aware of who you are but also be able to manage your behaviors Mm -hmm. manage and control your patterns uh, even your thinking and then there is social awareness or empathy it is it is being able to then pick that up from other people yeah. And then the last step, um, which for some, they say there's five or six, but for me, I'm say four. So the last step is the relationship management or the interpersonal skills. Mm-hmm. It is now that I know all about me, I know all about Ray, what are the best, healthiest decisions for me to keep a harmonious relationship with Ray? Make yeah. it a win-win. And exactly. so that comes from emotional intelligence and communication really starts with your level of emotional intelligence. Yeah.
0: One of my favorite things to do before I do any coaching is I like to phone, uh, follow Tony Robbins' Six Human Needs, where we focus yeah. on the top two needs and then we kind of like find a way to communicate in between that. And that has changed my, you know, not just coaching, but my personal life in how to communicate, how to read the body language at, at times. Yeah. And I think it's very important that com- the nonverbal skills, right? Paying attention to body language knowing if the person is really interested in what you're talking about Mm -hmm. or are you making more about yourself or you actually talking more about them right which you agree like at the end of the day people want to feel good people just want to feel good and with a lot of negativity going around the world like it's so easy to be you know people putting each other down we need more people to lift each Mm -hmm. other up right we need more people to lift each other up And, and that's one of the the things that, you know, I've learned from you, you know, part of the reason me wanting to be in the office, even though I was struggling on my own personal stuff is that leadership that you brought. is like, wow, he's working hard. He's providing education. Like I want to learn. And that is one of the yeah. qualities that I found from you is, is the qualities of that you believe in what you do and you, you have that genuine heart of like helping people, you know, and, and like Absolutely. I said, um, and when you have that kind of raw leadership, people want to show up, right? You don't have to go and beg for someone to show up or, or bribe them, you know, to show up. When you have that leadership, people are going to come, right? And, and, uh, and yeah. I want to say, Eric, thank you so much for everything you have done for me uh, throughout the years. And uh, so can you, can you tell the audience a little bit about how I started and where you see it? I'm not the same yeah. person, right? I was very shy. I would I hope not. I was, <laughs> yeah, no, can you share a little Beverly, bit? Of, you've been growing. How, how shy, how shy I was when we first met.
1: Yeah, no, sure, no. And I uh, appreciate those words, by the way. So uh, very humbling uh, to hear that. I'm, I'm glad to hear. I'd like to know that if I were to drop dead today, that someone got something from me, some value. So uh, Ronaldo, when he came um, under my, my leadership at the time, by the way, I was just in my 20s uh, at the time and was very, very new to running an office. And a lot of things were new for me as they were for those I was leading, which is the yeah. way it is with leadership. You're always growing and you know, I always say, the only things that don't grow are dead things. And so yeah. as you continue <laughs> to live, the prayer, the prayer is that you're growing and people start in different places. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't strip you down so much to say you were bad sales or bad whatever. What I love about Ray, uh, and I'll talk about the highlights here. So, what I love about Ray coming into the office was the, the personality, the, the go-get-it-ness, if you yeah. will. It was a desire to learn. That's important. So I don't really care so much if someone is this excellent salesperson, but they don't have a heart for people. So for you, it was the reverse. It was starting off with a pretty good mode of a, of a human being who really cares about other human beings yeah. and would do anything for anyone. Um, and I, I appreciate your desire to to grow. Now, in terms of your skill set, you're you were fresh, you were new, you were raw in terms mm-hmm. of in terms of skills. So a lot of it was really just polishing some of the skills. Uh I could talk all day long about sales skills and sales specifics and models and methods. Um, yep. you know, as director of training. I'm obviously always uh looking at programs and creating material uh for things like that. But what I teach more than anything else is someone who has a heart for people. So mm-hmm. your growth was exponential in terms of your skill set. You did a much better job of listening to how to generate leads because in sales, if we're talking about sales now, that's the business. That's yep. the blood. That's the lifeline. You got to have leads. You can be excellent at closing a deal, but if you don't have a new deal to get to, you got nothing to close on. So it's important that you're able to capture leads. And that was one of the big things that I am uh and still do do very very well with is establishing trust and rapport so that you trust me enough to give me lots of leads to keep my business going. And so you learned that over time too, of just leads, right. And and learning how to gravitate and, and and get more people in front of you. Uh, But no, you weren't bad. You weren't bad coming into it. You had a lot of um, issues as we all do, mental health issues, a lot of life issues, Mm -hmm. uh, trauma issues. Um, but that's the that's the life. And look at us now, ten years, eleven years, twelve years later, whatever whatever time frame it is now. I know you're here. I know yeah, you're here, and you've grown. Yeah. And,
0: and yes. I know you talk about bringing more leads and 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 you know closing. I want to talk about closing. Now you have the leads, sure. right? You you have the leads in, and we we've been through with a lot of representatives like this. They bring in leads, but they just can't close sale, right? Mm-hmm. What a one key. I guess tips, advice,
1: or something that's worked for you. You have the leads. How can yep. you close them? So, yeah, absolutely. And and you know that was the knife business, the cutco business, but the the model, the framework is the exact same across mm-hmm. any industry within sales. And one of the things I teach, and one of the things I I think I created this because I researched. I was like, I don't think anybody else created this. This is my thing. Um, is around handling objections or how to overcome or I hate to say handling objections because it sounds so transactional. It's more (laughs) so around educating people. It really is. It's it's really educating. So my model that I use and I teach on, which works in any setting, is what's known as ACOT. And it's A-C-O-T. Okay. Uh, ACOT stands for acknowledge. uh, C stands for clarify. O is overcome. And then T is temperature check. Mm -hmm. And when you are working with somebody and you have lots of leads and you're trying to close sales, if you will, Really, it's about building relationships first. You gotta have a relationship. If you don't have a relationship, you don't have trust. If someone doesn't right. trust you, then they're not gonna buy from you. Does that make sense? Yep. So now, when you have somebody who does trust you and they're leaning into what it is that you are trying to pitch, it's a matter of once you have the relationship established, then being able to handle all concerns along the way so that mm-hmm. by the end, when you are ready to pitch, right? And position yourself to ask for that sale that you know it's gonna be a pretty confirmed yes. Uh, so, the A, the acknowledged part, is when someone is uh, expressing an emotion toward something that you're trying to sell them. So, if they say, uh, no, nah, you know, I really don't wanna do that, or I don't really, I don't really, uh, you know, I don't know if that's really for me, it is acknowledging that feeling. It's understanding that people wanna be validated. So when people object, the first thing most people do is try to overcome the objection. They try to jump right in and say, well, you know, we we offer this and da-da-da-da-da and and sputter off stuff that doesn't really address the person's human need to be validated first. Absolutely. So acknowledging is validation. Uh, The Mm -hmm. second part is the clarifying. Before you overcome any objection, you have to know what the objection is. You have to know the exact thing to target. So, you know, if someone is a great marksman, that means they're able to hit the bullseye using some sort of weapon, if you will. So in sales, it is being able to hit the bullseye. But before you can hit the bullseye, you have to get past the smoke screens. You have to be able to address what the real pain point is for an individual. So when you clarify, you clarify by asking questions, clarifying questions. You know, when someone objects to something that you're selling or positioning or propositioning to them, it is being able to say, tell me more about that.
0: You know, what about
1: that does blank? So what I hear you saying is, if I were able to address da, 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 and da, then you would be on board with da, 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 and da. Makes you know, sense. It's yep. clarifying to, absolutely, to make sure that yep. you know what to attack. And then the O is the overcome. That is then yep. when you educate them on whatever it is you're trying to sell. So you educate. And then yep. lastly, you temperature check, which mm-hmm. is just where you make sure whatever you covered address their address fear, it. their concern. And it also it. shows
0: yeah. that you're listening to their problem and, and they are seeking for the solution. So before of just, you know, blah, 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 this is the solution. It shows that you care as a person, right? You're showing that you're Absolutely. actually listening to what the real problem versus saying, you should get this package or you should do this, you should do that. And, and that's one thing where a lot of people fail, I would say, or don't do well in sales is they're trying to offer a solution without really listening to what you know, the problem is. And I think, I think, you know, you covered it well. Cool. All right, Eric. Well, before we go, I want to make sure people reach out to you. I want to make sure they get your book. Uh, I mean, you know, there's so many good content and I personally get to grow and experience that from Eric. Um, How
1: can they get in touch (laughs) with you, Eric? Absolutely. So the, uh, the book again, yeah, it's called Sign Up. Uh, You can find this on my website, so ericlcox.com. You can also find the book on Amazon, on Audible, uh, on a site called webuyblack.com as well. So either of those will get you. And then all of my handles, my uh, social media handles are on my ericlcox.com website. So um, the book is for you, though. I would say that for anybody who looks at this and says, I really don't need another book in my life. This is a map and this is your personalized map. And as you can see on the back end, it's the last thing I'll show. There are activities on the backs of these, on the backs of every chapter, there's 10 activities to help you form your own plan for success. And so, um, so this is like chapter one. So chapter one in the back of it is an area for you to write in. Mm-hmm. And chapter two is the same thing. And so by, the, by chapter 10, You will have, if you follow the direction and write the information in, you will have a success map just for you and you'll be able to knock out any and all goals. It's how I accomplished everything uh, and we'll continue to accomplish everything.
0: And I like that most about the book. And obviously I have my own book called The Mindset Principle. And it's similar is that it's not just a book to read, but it's actually a call to action. And, uh, you know, it's similar yes. to what I was doing. It's like, you know, how to find your why, how your goal, take action. And I feel like there's a lot of books you read, but it's not ways for you to take action. But in Eric's book, you actually get to do step by step. Uh, it's like going to school, literally, and Eric shows you the map. So I really like that about that. I think yeah. that was probably what caught my attention is you, you, you had a story, but you also had a call to action that you could take. And I think that separates yeah. from a lot of the books that we read now. So I uh, really love yes. your book, Eric. Action. Action. You got to take action. So you can consume all the knowledge, but That's if you okay. don't put it into action, you, you just cannot, you, you won't succeed, right? Uh, right. So right. I want to end it by this. Eric, again, thank you for being on the show. Uh, keep, keep leading, it. my man. I'm, I'm, look, I'm always looking up to you as well. And for those of you who are listening right now, you can consume all the education you have. But if you don't put it to action, if you don't try it, and if you, if you don't get the results right now, it's okay. That's why you reach out to mentors, mm-hmm. to coaches, to help you get back up. Just don't give up. We are all into the new yeah. transaction. We all have to stay united as one. We all have to be a family. Yeah. No negativity. So uh, I hope you enjoyed this version of the show. Eric, thank you again. And uh,
1: hey, guys, go out there and take action, man. Go take action. Yes. God bless.